Is this lighting all good, by the way? Is this I got the ring light going here, and you look great. You okay, look great. great. Okay. Welcome in, everybody. This is unscripted. My name is Tim Lindsay. Aaron McLaughlin is here, Hello. and with us, uh, the one and only uh, Alex Miniac. And um, I want to talk as much as I possibly can. That's like my life goal. And I want you guys yeah. to wonder what does he sound like because uh, when you see people for the first time, connect them to the voice that you've heard. And a lot of you have probably heard his voice. Uh, if you've ever been to a Padres game, if you've ever played a certain video game from Sony that we'll discuss, if you've been in the New England area, listening to any form of radio over the last 20 years, uh, stands to reason you might have heard Alex somewhere. So uh, Alex, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. We your time. I, I want you to say... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Welcome to Fenway Park, because you did. You were one of the candidates for that job, too. Uh, there's a lot, but bring us up to speed. The reason we wanted to talk to you is uh, you are truly playing in your space where uh, I think you're pretty happy doing what you're doing. If you think about you spend most of your summers, this one augmented a little bit, uh, putting on a Padres polo shirt, going up into the booth and calling games uh, yeah. because Padres, you had to learn how to trill your R's. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, I roll them. Uh, you yeah. know, we are on the border with Mexico, so we have a lot of Latino influence in our market. So you got to be authentic. You know, you you, you got to appeal to the audience base that's out there. So I needed to do a lot of linguistic learning. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you hire a coach for that? <laughs> how did you learn? Uh, on the fly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, the batting and, order and you're like oh crap <laughs> years of high school spanish like michigan, actually are people. would be very proud of me uh That's you amazing. know five years later so yeah. so well let's get to the point that where where you and i first ran into each other uh years ago at um can we call them cheap channel i'm gonna go with cheap channel um uh, you want you and i met uh, years ago Thank here you. in uh in new england at at a radio station and before that your pathway um growing up in florida so from high school to college like when did you know that this is something you wanted to do and when did the pipes hit because there had to be a peter brady moment for you where it changed yes no maybe yeah there was um my father and i went to an arena football game my going into my freshman year of high school and I went to buy a program and the woman's like, my, you have a deep voice. And I was like, <laughs> really? Like, I don't know. I didn't notice it. But apparently from that moment on that Saturday night on, uh, I've sounded like this. So it was 14, you know, from my 14th year of existence on, I've sounded <laughs> She yeah. recognized it, and so it was. Yeah, she says, you're going to be selling programs at these games, just like me. No, she didn't say that. But you get back uh, to your seat uh, with your dad. You get two programs. You're ripping a butt. You're like, "What do you want to do, Dad?" <laughs> suddenly I'm you're a bat. <laughs> suddenly you're a baritone. Well, that when it happened for Aiden, um, our oldest, we're on a. I, I don't know. I can't remember where we we're going. We might have been going to like the Cape, and it was literally happened like just the flip of a coin he said in one voice when are we stopping for lunch you know and the, and and so janine and i are talking and then sure enough i turned around i'm like what do you guys want and he's like i don't know like 
with <laughs> within a conversation. And I turned to Janina. She's like, "Did you hear that?" And I and like I have like a single tear because now that the the end is coming. Yeah, and I'm like, I didn't hear that anymore. Yeah, and yeah. And then and now Cameron has turned too. But I was just wondering when that was. So for 14 for you, like suddenly, yeah. You you went yeah, and, I, and then I got like a, a size 11 foot. It like it all happened that year. So like that's that minute. I, I grew right out of my shoes on the spot. Yes. Like, Tom <laughs> Hanks and Zoltar. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. All right. So so do you do you pursue it at all at, at the high school level? Did you guys have a radio station? Was there any any format like that for you at school? So we, I, I went to a high school that was a magnet program for technology. And uh, within that technology high school, they had a program for TV production. Mm -hmm. And a TV production uh, segment had a relationship with the local CBS affiliate. So I was laying down soundtracks for, you know, news packages, TV packages, um, fluff pieces, video yearbooks, anything and everything that I could get my hand on. And I'm like, okay, I kind of, I kind of like this. I like the audio aspect of this. Mm -hmm. And that kind of drove my decision to, to go forward in college. I, I originally went to the University of Florida to be an electrical engineer because I was more uh, interested in studio design. Uh, but the math really scared me off very quickly. And I was not good <laughs> at And once I realized- Wait a minute, uh, I'm out. <laughs> and once I realized that arithmetic was a big part of engineering, I was like, I'm gonna go talk behind this thing here. And, uh, and, and go from there. And I, I, I got into radio. I started producing shows. Um, I was running the board on the overnight for Art Bell, Coast to Coast. Yes, uh, west yeah. of the Rockies, you're on the air. Uh, yeah, and you know what? And that summer I did that, it was my only 4-0 semester in college. So like, it was like, it was meant to be. Like all these great things were happening at once. And um, uh, so then I went from being behind the board to talking on the air. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is a cool thing. And then I, I was really into the strategy behind programming and putting together morning shows and picking formats for music. And that's how I got into radio programming and uh, being on air kind of took a little bit of a backseat because back then, and, and Tim, you can attest to this, you either had two career paths, either you were going to be a morning show or you were going to be a program director if you were going to make it in radio. Mm -hmm. Everything else was kind of like you were going to bounce around and, sure. and really not find any stability. So I was like, well, I'm not good enough to be on a morning show. I will be a program director. And that's that's kind of how I went into radio. And I, I have an analytical mind anyway. Yep. So the, the programming and the strategy behind that was really something that intrigued me to begin with. Yep. So, so that this is already happening and this is all taking place at university of Florida. Yeah. You get, you, you're, you're already on a programming trajectory at that point. Yes. Yes. That's okay. correct. So what's your first, what's the first radio job after, after university? Uh, I went down to Sarasota, Florida and programmed a station uh, with heritage call letters, WYNF. They were a rock station it had changed frequencies a couple times. And it, by the time that I got to it, it was on a light bulb, like a literal light bulb that covered half the market. Yep. And uh, it was just, it was just on its last legs, but it gave me a real test case to not only show myself, I could do something and we could reap some success out of this, mm -hmm. but also that I could do it for the company at the time, which was clear channel. I could do it on a bigger stage. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I learned a lot in that 
14 months I was there about taking nothing, absolutely nothing, and trying to make something out of it. Sure. And we were the best sounding little damn light bulb by the end of it. And I was pretty damn proud of it. That's awesome. And so that's Sarasota. When do you, how many more times do you bounce around Florida or when do you make the move that you, that, that we end up crossing paths? Well, like you said, nine 11 happened and, mm. um, I ended up going up to a couple places to interview. I, I remember Panama city was on my list of places. Chattanooga was on my list of places and then way far away, Portsmouth, New Hampshire was on my list of places. I flew up there and I did the interview and I was like, you know what? I've been in Florida most of my life. Like the last thing I want to do is kind of be in the South. I want to, blow it all up and have a mm. completely new challenge. I want to go to an area where I don't know a soul. I don't have a family member. I got nothing. Mm -hmm. I am dropped. Yeah. Here. Yes. That's in the a bold choice. Like, <laughs> yeah. <just> but, <laughs> but, but what I needed is a coming of age kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And, and I was impressed with the properties. I was impressed with the people and I knew that I was going to have a good time there and I was going to learn to have a good time there and we were going to make the best of it. And at the time when I got there, the particular station I worked on, WHUB at the time, was one of those stations with a heritage following, but again, mm -hmm. had kind of fallen on hard times beyond the morning show. It was kind of a eh. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, my goal was to kind of use that formula that I put together in Sarasota and blueprint that in Portsmouth and... It worked and it worked really well. And I will say that the years I was there from late 2001 to mid 2004, I had the best time there and mm. I had the most success I ever had on radio at that station. I love that time there. Yeah, we had a blast. I mean, that, that was that was when at that building in Portsmouth, there were uh, four stations. Everything was live 24 hours. If you went into the building at any point in time, there were at least four live jocks, right? And, and, that, yeah, was, and I, that was the game changer because- It really attracted me to that. And not only like, I mean, in the difference in formats too, like you around the corner from my rock station and then yeah. we got the uncha uncha W-E-R-Z dance station where you're at. <laughs> dance station. Dance? It was never a dance station. That was, was that was the moniker they used to throw on it. Yes, yes. We were the yeah. dance station down the hallway. Yep. No, you weren't a dancer, but, but it was great. We all got along. Cause what did I do when I, when I got off of work at seven, I went down to the dance station and hung out with the dance kids. Yes. And, yes. The yeah. top, the top oh 40 God. kids. Yeah. We, awesome. hung, we hung out and we got food and whatever. And it was Kim just Lai. kind of like, yeah. down the street. I could come and go yep. like the whole lifestyle was great. So mm. that's, it was, I a really clubhouse. it was a clubhouse yeah, yeah it, it was awesome. it was a clubhouse between multiple radio stations and people from all different walks of life and that's what i loved about it yeah that's it awesome. was a really good time so you you go to a couple of other stations and then you go west young man right so yeah. what, what year is that that you head out to uh <laughs> i'm not going to call it what the anchorman calls it but yes san diego the germans have yeah. a name for it yes well, that was many years later uh, in 2014, mm. and between WHEB and San Diego, a lot of steps happened, sure. and uh, we had failing economies. I had mm. career change twice. Um, we had businesses that were going through rapid change, technology, mm. uh, adaptation at an unprecedented rate. Um, we had a lot of things going on. So there were quite a few steps between there and getting sure. 
Well, yeah, and, and that reminds me, yeah, because you you got involved, and and for lack of a better term, correct me, I'll be wrong, I'm sure, and my wife has those shirts, um, and Alex loves my wife, so yes, She's the better awesome. half of me. I bought her, I bought her the domain, which this will not shock you because you've been in the vehicle with me on the West Coast when I've been buying domains overnight. Yep. I bought Janina the domain timiswrong.com. We just oh, that's to, good. We have to print the shirts and make sure that everybody gets their own size and their own color. That being said. You were, would you call the company you were working with, uh, the marketing company you were working with out here before you went to San Diego, would you call that guerrilla marketing or what, what's the word for it? Yeah, it's, it's under a broad umbrella term called experiential, experiential. Uh, which can include Thank guerrilla, it can uh, include events, it can include mm -hmm. digital, it can include a lot of different things. Um, the main focus is, is that it's people interacting with brands, brands they support, mm -hmm. uh, brands they're interested in, brands they align with um you know brands that support a specific cause that they may be interested in and we did these events all over the country and and from a period from about 2010 to about 2016 i was doing these events everywhere and uh it was it was quite the thrill i got to work with some really cool people really cool brands um created some really cool events um yeah didn't you, you, at one point where you guys, I, I'm going to be wrong. Was it New York or Vegas that you had the brackets for college basketball on the side of the building? Like lit up yeah, on the side well, of the we building? Did, we did one of those in LA. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a bracket that was four stories high. Like, a, <laughs> you know, what, what is the most iconic piece of imagery when you can think of the NCAA tournament that comes to mind, right? Everybody bracket. fills out a bracket. Yeah. So our goal was to create the biggest bracket and update it in real time and have events going on around it. Yeah. We had shoot arounds, we had college bands coming in and playing all this to kind of drum up noise and attention for the tournament mm -hmm. to get people to fill out that bracket because that's how they became invested in the tournament. So mm -hmm. we did a few of those. We did, we did uh, one in New York. We did one in Chicago. We did one in Atlanta uh, but the LA one was the biggest one by far. We did that one right on Hollywood Boulevard. You did something really, uh, I guess, uh, imaginative. The one in South Carolina, wasn't there something with, was it, was it the, the yeah. <laughs> so we did, uh, I worked a program with, uh, Procter and Gamble for bounce <laughs> the dryer sheets. And, you know, usually when you do, when you do programs, taking notes, go ahead. I know. Yeah. I'm like, what? what? It's, yeah, I usually when you when you do events, you're giving something away, right? Sure. You're giving away a sample okay, or a collectible or something. Yeah. For that program, we were giving away hugs, and this was before COVID, so that was, was all. Say, nobody yeah. wants that campaign right now. No, 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 no. Uh, but back then, so we actually had groups of people with orange T-shirts on, and we washed those shirts with probably a box of bounce each so that they smelled like bounce like you wouldn't believe yeah and oh we my just gosh. went around town saying can i give you a hug you know and and people were like yeah sure and uh <laughs> and then we captured, nice? <laughs> we captured those moments on video and we made a whole digital campaign out of it which was great because it was very spur of the moment very authentic yep uh, we, we went to the idea was is just to like plus up mundane places, like everyday places, like going to yeah. the mall or going to the grocery store or having to run an errand or yeah. it's a rainy day. Like one of the days in, in South Carolina, we were in Charleston, it poured rain. Yep. And so like, it was kind of gloomy, it was fall. And we were like, hey, can we give you a hug? <laughs> well, and you have yes, to imagine. Time. 
Yeah. And anybody that was getting hugged by somebody in a, in a, you know, a safety orange t-shirt that smells like bounce, that is ingrained in their head for the rest of their life. Like they're never going to look at that brand and never forget that moment. Right. And that was a nice, thick, warm cotton t-shirt. And it just was like, just felt the love. right? A hug from Alex. And smelled it. Yes. Right. Like that that whole aroma, you know, memory piece in your brain. Right. Yeah. We actually had, that's funny because you know, when we shipped these shirts, we vacuum sealed them, you know, so that they were already washed and they were, they were just like baking in that, in that, in that bounce fresh scent. The bounce. And I remember, and, and I remember we had to, we had to recharge these shirts like every day. So we had to find a laundromat, like a wash and clean, like a fluff and fold. And yeah. basically say, I've got hundreds of these shirts. I need you to use one of these boxes per yeah. shirt. And they're like, what? And yeah, that's like, so weird. Yeah. It was good. It was a good time. A lot of fun. So what brings you, what, what was the final decision maker to go from the, the East Coast uh, with that marketing firm to go out West? Um, what was the driver behind that? Was it a, was it an opportunity or I want fish tacos and sunsets? Like, what was it for you? All the above, really. I think, I think in a lot of the ways that was similar to the move that I made to Portsmouth, I think it was time to find a new opportunity and kind of start from scratch again, just get dropped in a place where Mm -hmm. I, where I, well, I only knew one person. So it was one's more than none the last time, but, um, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, um, but get dropped in a place and kind of in, with a great opportunity and 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 start over again. I I think I, as much as I loved being in New Hampshire, all the things I did and all the great people I met, you know, I lived all of my adult life there basically, everything mm-hmm. since college. It was time for a fresh challenge. I just felt as though that that you know, if I had stayed there, nothing was really going to advance career wise. And I, in order to do that, I had to make a move. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, you know, in, in loving being behind the mic, I mean, the, the marketing gig was great and we created some fantastic events and we really mm. met some great people, but I had a desire to get back behind the microphone again. And Tim knows that because yep. anybody who's been in radio and who's been behind a microphone knows that that's kind of our drug and, and that's that's where we need to be. And Tim's got a very nice microphone at which he's yes. talking into, which I'm very jealous about right now. You love it, yeah. but yeah. that's my favorite microphone, by the way. And, uh, See? So it's, and that's my know, boy. That's the microphone boy. stuff. I have a microphone, but it's at my office and um, I'm not there right now. So, um, but Tim is like, he knows all about all the stuff and I kind of glaze over like that. You guys like all the gear. Yeah. We go full dork on the gear. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to be back behind that microphone again. So I got into sports. Uh, I did uh, sports PA, um, for Gator tennis in college, kind of his beer money. It was really, it, it paid really well for a college student. Um, you got to go work in one of the top athletic departments in the country. Yeah. Uh, it was literally across the street from the radio stations. So like I could, everything on that corner was my life between sports and radio. Yeah. And, uh, it was always something that kind of got stuck in the back of my head. And after I left radio, just because of business circumstances and being laid off twice in three years, I just Mm -hmm. was kind of done with the, with the, with the corporate angle of it, but that desire to be behind a microphone never left. So, Mm. um, I started filling in, uh, doing basketball games at Southern New Hampshire university. Yeah. 
Yeah. I always have a special place for the Penman. Yeah. And, yes. uh, and then I latched on with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats and did PA at, uh, uh, well, it's Northeast Delta or maybe just Delta Dental. Delta Stadium. Dental. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Molar, as we like to call yeah. it. Yeah, um, the Molar. Yeah. We uh, uh, so, so anyway, I, uh, I had done baseball there for six seasons yeah. and, with that came some opportunities. I, I was a finalist for the gig at Wrigley Field. Yes. Uh, through an audition process, I filled in at Fenway Park uh, as, as part of an audition process. And the San Diego one came up, and I was getting really, really close again uh, on, on getting this opportunity. I'm like, man, if it happens, I got to go. You know, mm. who else decides to like up and move for a seasonal part time opportunity? <laughs> but uh, Alex does, so damn it. I do like damn that mortgage. Uh, and I'm talking, and you guys are real estate people. No, I'm kidding. You're just gonna figure it out. Um, just figure it out. Yeah, exactly. I, I just figured it out. I've always figured it out before. I'm gonna mm. figure it out again. Yeah, 2020, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, uh, but but you know, just having confidence and betting on yourself that that this is the, really the right thing at the right time, and I'm going to find a way to make this work. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how I got this to San Diego and how I got to the major leagues doing what I'm doing. So that, that you do that audition, do you go out there for that? Yeah, I flew out there. You could have done it via MP3, mm. but as you know, it's like you either mail in a resume or you go and show up on their doorstep yeah. and yeah. you show up on their doorstep. And when I showed up on their doorstep, there were 800 other people at that same doorstep that same wow. day. Wow. So, yeah. So we all read the same script and I did it. I walked off. And I got a call. Uh, actually, it's funny because they said, well, if we like you, we'll call you on Monday. And Monday went by and it was 630 in the evening. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm not getting a call. Like, what? How <laughs> like, dare I, you? How dare you not give me a call? I really thought I did well. Yep. And I was I was starting to get angry. And then the phone rang and then I forgot, like, oh, it's specific time. It's only 3.30. So it's, <laughs> it's not the end of the day. Um, That's yeah. amazing. That's yeah, so all of, it, all of it worked out. I flew back out, out here a couple times. Um, I did I did opening day. I did another game after that. Um, and they finally said, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's yours to keep. And you work tomorrow if you want the job. And I said, okay, That's let's go. On, I've not um, only stepped my toe in the water, I'm uh, the water is up to here yeah. <laughs> at this point. So yeah, and and then back to the earlier conversation, you get the bad you get the batting order for the first game, and uh, how many how many Latino names did you have to figure out overnight? Uh, it wasn't too bad, and I was gonna play it safe until I got it right. The last thing I was going to do was go for something that I didn't have yet. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, okay, well, I'm You're not going to say Gala Raga until you got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, I'll go with the commonly accepted pronunciations of these names until yeah. I develop the flair for yeah. them. And that's not something that happened overnight either. That's something that, that evolves over a series of years. Really. Yeah. If you listen to the, the tapes from, you know, games from 2014 and put them against what I just did, you know, two or three weeks ago, completely right. different, completely yep. different. That's awesome. So, so that gets you into a position where you had an all-star game, which was super cool. Yes. Um, uh, above and beyond that, I want to talk about what just happened. Cause like Janina was asking me and I was like hyper confused. And I, I was trying to explain to Aaron, I'm like, well, he's doing games for other teams at Petco, which I just, I hadn't, because here I'll raise my hand, Red Sox fan. 
I was yeah. I was out of baseball interest months ago. That well, being said, um, yeah, what 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 happened in the last few weeks? What were you doing at Petco in the last few weeks uh, with these games? So, so we did a shortened sixty game season, as mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and all those games were at home. We played regional divisions, uh, not a lot of cross country stuff. I think the farthest farthest we went was Texas okay. and up to Seattle, mm-hmm. and um, and then we we made the playoffs this year for the first time since two thousand six. Which it was, was the brown exciting. uniforms, man. You bought you brought back the right unis. If we'd known that it's all it took, we should have done it years ago. <laughs> um, no, I, we just really had a solid, solid young uh, talent base mm-hmm. uh, to get it done. But um, uh, so we made the playoffs and then uh, Major League Baseball decided that in order to have a safe conclusion to the remainder of the season, they were going to do the bubble effect for the for the postseason. And so they picked two locales, Arlington, Texas, and San Diego, to host uh, all of the rounds okay. of the American League and the National League. Okay. Dodger Stadium got a few games. They got they got one of the division series, and Houston got a division series as well. But most of it took place in the uh, San Diego and in Arlington ballparks. Okay, and then yeah. and then, and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe I heard that they used the audio from MLB the show for crowd noise at they most did, of the yeah. ballparks. Is that yeah, a thing? They did that for the, well, the entire regular season. Yeah. So MLB issued iPads uh, with a bunch of sound effects from the game. And, uh, and basically we, we hooked that up to the sound system and we had an engineer who was specifically in charge of mm-hmm. creating a crowd atmosphere within the ballpark. And, uh, and those, where else are you going to get baseball crowd noises or at least that amount in a, in a short amount of time and that uh, well produced, right? Yeah. Because, because they go, the producers of MLB, the show, the video game go to ballparks to get audio and and collect these sounds. So, um, they're authentic to begin with. So if there is a library of authentic material to be, uh, had, they would have it. Right. So, um, so that's why we we decided to use their their crowd noises for for the game, and they're a great partner for for Major League Baseball. I mean, that is the premier flagship game for the sport, and has been yeah. the premier flagship game for quite a number of years. Yeah, that's like that. that I I joked with you. Um, that is the only reason my household really has a PS4. I mean, there's other good stuff, but like that that's the game because they yeah. they are the premier game. So th- that brings us to the the part of your story where uh, I think we're sitting in Vegas a couple of years ago. You're like, hey, um, it's about to be a thing. It's not a thing yet, but I got something to tell you. And I know you'll be excited because you and your boys are gamers. So yeah. how did how did this opportunity, which I'll let you tell the story. How does this happen? Are they literally listening to everybody at all the ballparks deciding who they're going to talk to? Um, well, Sony San Diego is the group that produces MLB the show and it has produced, they have a massive complex here in San Diego with thousands of people who work on this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The level of involvement is mind blowing. I I work with like two or three people who are very small cogs and a very big machine for this game. That's how, that's how much effort gets put in this game. And that's why it's as authentic as it is really. Um, so anyway, I'm literally at the gym one day and look at uh, flex. Just give us a flex. Give us the oh, flex. it's bad. It's COVID flex. It's kind of like COVID I, flex. <laughs> I haven't. Gyms are closed out here still, so it's not yeah. good. 
I was yeah. in the gym grabbing a steam. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. With all my buddies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, sauna or sauna? Um, <laughs> sauna. Um, anyway, so I'm at the gym and they just reached out out of the blue and they're like, hey, we'd love to talk to you. You know, we're thinking about bringing on a new voice for the game this year. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. I said, well, yeah. So I went in and met with them and they're, lo and behold, they're giving me this tour and I'm giving them samples, you know, voice samples for the game and stuff. And they're putting it with players and intros and stuff. And they're like, Oh, by the way, this isn't, this isn't, you know, this isn't an interview. We'd like to have you. And it's like the first time in my life where everybody's like, you know, reached out to me and said like, you, here you go. Yeah. yeah here's an opportunity. Like as Tim knows, like we work in, in the media business. It's, t it's tough. You, you bust your butt for every opportunity that you have and to have an opportunity kind of land on your plate, somebody who wants you to be a part of something. Yeah. That is pretty cool. And I was yeah. just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, kind That's of gaga. Great. Yeah. Well, and the fact that it's San Diego, and I don't know, I, I, I doubt because they've got a pretty good budget. It's not like they were like, well, he's pretty good and he's close. Like that was so serendipitous for you that like I can just drive over there or walk over there or whatever, right? The fact that it was right in town is hyper amazing. And what what does that agreement look like? Like I, I remember you telling me it was for a handful of years. Is that we have a few more years on that bad boy. Now, yeah, well, I think I told you a handful of years, a handful of years ago. So we're we're going to be going into uh, MLB The Show 21, which will be the third game I've done. So that's awesome. Uh, wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the whole thing was very serendipitous. It's like they liked me, I liked them. Um, they liked the way I sounded. That's the sound. That's the type of sound they wanted to add to their to their game. I happen to be close by. This is all going to work out. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I enjoy digital entertainment and money, so everybody's getting along. It's yeah. all good. And what baseball. Does that, what does that process look like? Because when when people don't realize, like, you know, for Aaron and I to be walking past our kids' television and we hear that voice on that game, and you know, and and it's all, you know, what are they ultimately stitched together, right? Yeah. Like all the names, everything. So you're not going in and saying, I keep using this name because it's the only one that I can almost pronounce. Like Andres Galarraga. Like when you're going yeah. in to say that and you'd say it much better. We're going to make you say it soon. Um, sure. Like you're, <laughs> you're saying all the, you wouldn't say Aaron McLaughlin. You're saying Aaron and you're saying all the first names. Then you're saying all the last names and then they stitch it together when she comes up to bat. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, to, to when I usually say like a, a full sentence of what you hear in the game is, is probably six or seven different parts stitched together. And that, that is from, you know, now batting for the blank team, yeah. you know, number so-and-so position, so-and-so first name, last name, you know, all those pieces are strung together in the game, which makes it a challenge when you go to read them. Cause you remember, you have to remember while you're, while you're doing all those pieces, it, Inflection has to stay the same. And, and in your head, when you're when you're doing that to make it sound good when it comes together, you're like, man, I sound so monotonous like this. Yeah. Do I, I should change this up. And like, <laughs> no, you should not change it up because it won't work. And so that's a mental training. That is yeah. something new that I had to learn. Like when when we cut scripts in radio, um, you know, you're, you're reading it verbatim. Mm. It's there's rarely any stuff being shifted around this is like a giant game of Mad Libs that gets put together on a digital random algorithm type. I had basis. no idea. That's how that yeah. works. 
Yeah. So, um, and, and then think about the situations too, you know, like there's going to be a substitution and incoming so-and-so and and now in left field and, and then, and then I read the line score at the end of the game, you know, for the, you know, for the Houston Astros, it was nine hits on, or or nine runs on 11 hits. They left four men on base. So like we had all of these. You know, and then I remember too, like if you get enough strikeouts in the game, like at some point they stop counting, right? Whether that's like 40 <laughs> strikeouts or whatever. And it's 40. like, he had a whole lot of strikeouts, you know? So it's kind of like, it just stops at some point. So <laughs> there's some fun stuff in there too. If you like, let the game sit. Um, I tell people to get off their phones and that's amazing. The there's, there's all kinds of little Easter eggs that are in the game. If people, get into it and kind of play around with it quite a bit. It's fun. Yeah. So if, if I don't pause the game and I, and I'm texting my friend and my controller's on my lap and I'm supposed to be pitching. Yes. It's going to say to me, like, are you still awake? Yeah. 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 And, and so it'll do that. And some of them will be like legit, like, you know, fresh popcorn's available at our, you know, third base concession stand and then some of them are like you behind the front row please you know stop texting or we'll ask you to leave you know that kind of thing yeah (laughs) so what there's fun stuff there's fun stuff in there what would you consider like what do you what do you think best guess you probably know uh because you had to build them god bless you uh what 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 does that look like how many hours total uh i want to say it was about to do the first game, because we had to do everything from the top down, right? Right. It was probably right. about 60 hours of straight reading. So, like, and I mean from stepping in, being on the clock, mic opens, we do two-hour session or whatever, clock stops, go, see you in a couple of days, come back, you know, in the booth, two hours, read, stop. Um, this year, now that we built a lot of the framework in, was about... I want to say like 30 to 40. And I think that'll probably continue because Mm. this year we had to add minor league players. So we had double A and triple A players also included in the game. So it was a whole new roster of names we had to read. We had a few more creative player names. There were a couple new modes that we Mm -hmm. added in. And so as the game evolves, you know, over a series of years, those things will, will change also. So that'll be the bulk of it is, is new stuff from that point going forward. So when now, now that it's over it, and so far as the season's done, cause your commitment to Petco park for the season is over is over. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it? What, what do you do for them as the guy? Cause you're, I mean, you're when I, part of the experience of going to the ballpark is like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Fenway park. and like all that stuff. Cause when I'm at the park, the experience is your voice, right? Yeah. It, I'm not hearing, and I to go back to the video game, who is it, Matt Vriskersian, and who, I don't know who's doing the booth Zero, stuff. Zero, yeah. Okay. Uh, Heidi's in the game now. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, Dan Pleasdak's in the game. So, yeah, there's quite a few people in there. So they must, uh, do you have fans that want you to, like, if there's a wedding, do they, do you have fans that ask you to be there to make announcements if they're getting married at the park? Like, what are you doing in the off season as, an employee of the Padres in that regard? Well, normally it switches to a special events role, whether it's concerts or mm. um, uh, fan fests, uh, corporate gigs. Uh, usually we get a lot of, um, they rent out the field for private dinners, private okay. shows, that kind of thing. Batting um, practice. Bat- that's one too. Yeah. Um, you know, member batting practice. Um, so it's a lot of those type of events, but 
now there's kind of a giant question mark with with COVID and local regulations. And so I don't have an answer to that because it's still changing by the day. So it's it's very strange. Um, You know, usually there's a there's an expectation. And we got a not only did we get a late start to this year, but we had a late ending, which was very cool. Uh, playoffs and everything but now like okay so what's this next part hold and it's 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 very different it's kind of like we have a new environment what opportunities does that new environment bring as opposed to the opportunities that we always thought were just given to us you know right so for like Aaron and I were on the east coast and uh in beautiful downtown New Hampshire the numbers are uh, arguably heading in the wrong direction yeah. Um, so I think uh, our lifestyle may change again. What has it been for for San Diego? And I know California has been um, pretty locked down. What do you what like? What's day to day for you right now? Like, what is open? What's closed? What's the, what's the experience right now? Just the lifestyle. Well, we're lucky to live in a beautiful area where it's nice to sit outdoors and eat. So that's actually been somewhat of a treat. Um, mm. They've allowed restaurants to build out front patios into into the street. Basically, they close down streets or they close down parking so that restaurants can extend their patios. That's kind of nice, actually. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed that part, and I hope a lot of that stays. Yeah. Um, indoor dining is still touch and go. Uh, it's here right now. There's a threat that it goes away next week. Um, mask enforcement is still a thing, uh, both outdoors and indoors. Um, restricted hours on a lot of stuff. Restaurants close early. Malls close early. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's still very much touch and go, uh, out here. And so, um, just keeping an eye on the news and trying to figure out what's new that day, <laughs> you know, and, and, but still going about our lives. Cause you know, we have to do stuff. We have to get things done. So yes, there's that. Yeah. Can, can I just like rewind you a little? So did you just say you have a mask order for outside? Yeah. Yeah, California has had mandatory mask wearing for quite some time, so including outdoors. So that's really interesting. Um, yeah, because we live in New Hampshire, so yep. live or die state. Yeah. People like to challenge that motto. Yeah. And um, I was there. I know. <laughs> right, like helmets, and you know, but like that, I can't even imagine. Um, so just if you're outdoors, like in your own yard, do you have to wear a mask? No, no, just public settings. Like if you're okay. on, a, on a public street or, you know, um, if you're exercising. He's uh, at the gym catching a steam. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, sauna's uh, sauna. bad. In the, the sauna. sauna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're exercising, you're allowed to pull it down um, as long as you're avoiding people, that kind of thing. Uh, Interesting. But, yeah, but if you're in any place public, you know, if you're sitting out at the beach and you're on a blanket, as long as, again, you're confined to your space and you give enough social distance to the people around you or next to you, it's still okay. It's mostly like an in-transit kind of thing. Right? Yeah, so got it. Like from here to there, that kind of thing. So um, I've gotten yeah. used to it. I honestly, you know, like with my things, it's like car keys, wallet. Mask. Mask. Yeah. 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 Phone, yeah. cell phone, mask. You got to find the ones that like fit and feel comfortable, right? Like that's, I mean, I think that's, I have two daughters and they both have very different shapes to their face. 
I know it sounds silly, but like they can't wear the same mask. Um, So I do think that's a huge part of it is like just, you know, accepting that it is important and we have to do it. Right. And then find something that fits comfortably. So you'll wear it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I have no problem with any of these things. If it helps us get back to a routine that we expect, you know, like I want fans in the ballpark as soon as possible, but I don't do it in an environment that's risky for, for some groups of people. I I mean, no, I don't want to do that. Right. Um, You know, TV viewership for baseball was was very high this year, in some case record numbers. Uh, I know for us regionally, we had a great year on television in San Diego. And uh, and so people were just watching it in different ways. You I got mean, Dandy Don like, Arcello down there, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I love Dan. That's Dandy awesome. Don Tangelo, awesome. Don Diego, like he gives himself a lot of names. Don Tangelo. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, they, they were enjoying it in different ways. It, it, it's not the ballpark experience, but we have to get through a, in order to get to B. And so yeah. that's the way I look at it. And I'm completely fine with that. Completely. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. How, how, how much does that affect your, your, you know, when you feel like you're talking to, and I'm going to be wrong on the number here, what is it? 40,000 at Petco? Yeah, it's about right. 40, okay. 40, 40, 41 sellout somewhere. Okay. Around there. Yeah. Such a great ballpark. Can't wait till the humans can get on planes. Well, I get, I, I could get on a plane, but I'd be going out to, you know, not see you because I'd be sleeping in the street with a mask on because, you know, <laughs> anyway, that, I have a nice couch. You can sleep I love that. See, he offered me the couch, got, got the offer right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. How weird was it for you to be announcing to no one? I mean, yes, the team is there and yes, there's a lot of staffers there and you've got all that stuff going on, but uh, you're, you're shy about, 39,500 people how weird was that experience and honestly did it adjust I mean from a technical standpoint here we go Aaron dorking out you can you can just like like, now how much did you adjust like the sound system did you guys keep it at the same level or was Um, it not needed because it's not bouncing off humans and it is bouncing off chairs and that changes the acoustics uh well yeah the echo is strange you know i people always ask me wow you must be really nervous to announce to forty thousand people and i say no that's the easiest it's it's an empty room that's the worst thing to announce to i mean it's like it's like a stand-up comedian right he doesn't want to tell jokes to no audience it just it just doesn't work just flew in from cleveland boy are my arms tired yeah right and then (laughs) nothing yes uh so so yeah, so it it was strange because so everything that I do is based off one the action on the field and two the crowd response. I had the action on the field, but I didn't have the crowd response. So it, I had to learn how to react to that in a in a in in a you know in a setting that was very very strange. Yeah. The the crowd noise sound effects helped a lot, but they reacted off of me. I didn't react off of that. Oh, that, so I was going to ask. Yeah. So yeah, who's the like wizard this. that was in charge of that? Yeah, so he was going off of off of me. So these cues are backwards. Okay. So um, so that part took some getting used to. Um, luckily, you know, we did the spring training 2.0 or summer camp as we build it. So mm. we had a chance to kind of work through that and see how that was going to sound and how that was going to do, not only sound from a presentation standpoint, but how it would sound in the ballpark mm. with with no fans and some. Uh, you know, we changed. A, 
the dynamics a little bit. So some speakers are on, some speakers are off. So we have the ability to focus based on, you know, where people are in the ballpark, either strictly on the field, if there's an event or completely in the stands, because we don't want the players to be distracted or whatever. So, you know, we were able to kind of move that around a little bit. And I leave those, I leave that to the sound engineers. I, they get, they get mad at me because I keep saying louder, louder. Cause I always want it louder. I like, I, you know, I mean, loud is energy. It's a party. I come from rock radio, yeah, you know, turn sure. it up to 11. Yep. That's, that's, that's where I'm at. So um, I'm 43 years old. I'll be deaf in two years, whatever. It's all worth it. Um, so I, uh, you know, so that's that's kind of like my perspective on it. But, you know, um, I let the sound engineers do what they do. And I'm just figuring out from a presentation standpoint, like, how's this going to work? You know, and, yeah. and we, we did figure it out and it did work out great. And you know what? I didn't I, I didn't take my foot off the gas in any way because I know the players had a specific expectation uh, for the way that ballpark needed the sound for them to perform at their best. And also, you know, some of my stuff went across TV, whether that was opening day presentations or lineups. Um, and then in the background, because field mics are on the whole time. So they're capturing the action. Mm -hmm. And for people at home, I don't want anything to sound any different, you know? Right. So especially if they can't be there, I don't yeah. want to give an environment yeah. that they wouldn't be expecting. So yeah. Yeah. I didn't take my foot off the gas in any way. To me, it was just a reverse order, but it was still the same level of enthusiasm and effort. And I, and that was true for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's great. So, so for your, so the the Padres are parked for the season. Uh, you may or may not have a few events here and there. Uh, you've done all your work for MLB The Show until you. When would you go back into the studio to cut next year's next year's game? It's usually like late this year. Okay. Uh, my parts are usually some of the last to lay down because yep. they have to put in all the other modes and determine what they need and you know so on and so forth. So I'm usually one of the last. I did an update earlier this year like the game had already been released and we put in, we're like, Oh, you know, we're going to update a few player names. They can send a patch. Yeah. I did it from home. Yeah. I did it from my, my closet. They loved it. So. <laughs> the sound <laughs> closet. Sound yeah. Closet. Yeah. yeah. Sound closet. Don't mind these suits, you know, <laughs> in the, with the foam egg crates. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, so, uh, well, uh, two things, uh, curious minds want to know all the ladies want to know, uh, is 43 year old Alex single. What is he doing in his spare time in between baseball and uh, and now that the the show is done, what is the other side hustle? What's your what's your business that you're doing the rest of the year? That's well, I'm not single. Well, I've I knew that. I just wanted to, I, I wanted to make yes, yeah. spot. yes. For almost two years, she's fantastic. Um, God she's bless. Smart. She keeps me God on my toes. Her. Yeah, um, she gives me structure. Otherwise, uh, Alex wanders. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 shiny object. Um, uh, and I'm. As far as like the rest of the time until we go back into the studio and go back into the um, go back to the, to the stadium and start doing baseball again, um, I do own a marketing agency that does digital marketing, specifically inbound marketing. So uh, basically we create content, we promote the content, we drive traffic to the site hopefully create leads um, and then, and then sell whatever product we're selling. So um, 
I, it gives me a little bit of dabbling back into that strategy world that mm-hmm. radio gave me, mm-hmm. um, being able to create campaigns and attract, um, as, as opposed to listeners, attract fans of brands, create fans, become sure. experts yeah. on what it is we're promoting, uh, and that kind of thing. So that's, that's what I dabble in on my, uh, on my uh, side time, I guess. Uh, that's the side hustle, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a big pot of everything. Like, like, you know, like I told you special events, Tim, like I was flying to Vegas and we were doing concerts and CES and all this other stuff yeah. and all that's very much up in the air. So a lot of that's transitioning to the digital space. And that's probably where I'll be living. Yeah. So. Yep. So, uh, and now at, uh, in beautiful downtown Florida, how often do you get back to see your folks? Are you driving? Well, flying? I went back. I was lucky enough to go back this mm. year. I spent two weeks there, which was the longest I've spent there in quite some time. Little did I know what was going to transpire. Yeah. I'm certainly glad I did. Sure. Um, we've been in a little bit of a uh, touch and go since then, obviously. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a risk to my family mm. by flying and coming back and coming mm. from a different state and you know, although I've been perfectly healthy and everything's yeah. been good on the yeah. on the up and up and I've taken the precautions, it's still a risk I haven't really wanted to take. Sure. So my parents are learning FaceTime and oh they, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we're still working on email and we jumped to FaceTime. Last and- time we spoke, I saw mom's left ear and all of dad's nose hair. It was great. Oh, she yeah. she puts it down and she talks like straight. Yeah. And I, mom, I'm looking at the ceiling. Mom. Yes. Mom. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I see half a head and her and yeah. chin posted. So yeah. good. Yeah. So good. Um, and so we're getting baby steps. Uh, yeah. And I think uh, I'm going to, you know, I, I think just just because of holiday traffic, I'm going to wait till after the holidays and do a January run and maybe be able to spend some more time there, sure. especially based on the schedule yep. uh, kind of being up in the air. So that's that is the goal. And my girlfriend has a heavy holiday season, so it'd be better for her, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. In all of this, what would you say for you has been, what's the thing that you miss the most from, from the good old days, from ordinary time before COVID? What do you miss the most? Interaction, just social interaction. You know, social interaction with a lot of people I haven't met. You know, like it, even when um, I step out of the press box and walk on the concourse, people come up to me and just strike up a baseball conversation or mm. something. And it's, it's just little moments like that. It's funny because I was talking to... Uh, one of the reps from MLB who was in town for the playoffs. And I, and I just thanked him for having a baseball conversation with me because that's something that I've lacked yeah. all year, just a straight up, like, what do you think of this guy? Or how do you yeah. think this guy's developing or Holy, you know, Holy crap, that, that play, that throw from third to first was incredible, you know? Yeah. And, and so um, that's kind of what I miss. Just, just, just talk. Like it's almost like bar talk, right? Just yeah. sitting, you know, being able to pony up and, having a random conversation with a random person about things that you find fun and common, you know, and, yeah. and that's probably what I miss the most. Hey, I've gotten a lot of quality time in with my girlfriend and her family. Yeah. And that's actually been great. We've learned to do a bunch of new stuff together, but I think that, uh, I think that a random social interaction is something that I miss. I'm a people person. I, I like talking yeah. to people. Well, you know, what's funny is you're putting words to something that I have felt too. this idea of the random, like, you know, I love talking to strangers, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, yeah, so I completely feel you on that. Like, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're like, putting a light bulb in my head of one of the things that I've been missing myself too. So yeah. And like, like this year, for example, you know, generally like 
I'll go grab, grab a beer after work. There's a brewery next door, you know, for, to Petco Park, and we'll go over there and grab a brew. And let's like, the game is done. The sound effects come down. The lights go out. And it's like, oh, I'm going home. Yeah. Crickets. <laughs> You know, and it's like, that's like, oh, yes. you know, like, I just miss that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's a, it's not only a chance to like blow off a little steam, especially mm -hmm. if we had a big night, you know, or whatever, but it's just that little bit of interaction that I, that I miss, you know, yeah. technology is great and it's a good void yeah. filler, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. No. I love that you said that because, you know, for, for Aaron and I, and what we do, you know, I'd say before all of this hit, we were meeting with our clients probably 40% online because of the footprint yeah. of our company and 60% in, in, in person yeah. in the office. And uh, that's now a thousand percent online. I mean, <laughs> I've had more people coming into the office. I, I determined that because of the way I'm wired, um, I require a heartbeat within proximity, right? Like yeah. I need a human in the room um, because well, we're so connected. Everybody's so connected. We are. And I think that the blessing of this uh, for a lot of companies and, and ours as well as, uh, we've put into play some, uh, as I call it, some of this paste is not going back in the tube. Yeah. There, are, there are efficiencies we've created that will ride alongside of the brick and mortar in-person experience for the rest of forever. At the same time, I love that you said that because when you run into somebody right now, the number one, if Steve Harvey was here with two pocket squares, the number one answer on the board is that the first thing they're going to say is, what about this COVID? What do you think? That, like, it's always the first topic. Yeah. And for you to be able to hit the concourse and be like, man that hit or we like to your point like just a real conversation about real stuff that we used to talk about right right and and, and it's it's just kind of meaningless fun it's yeah, not yeah. so serious you know it's just that's kind of what i miss oh, these are all important i'm not saying we shouldn't discuss covid sure, and other sure. important Understood. topics but i just miss that 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 mindless interaction that kind of that random thought like yeah. oh we're yeah. put on the, you know we're put on this earth and here we are bumping into each other what do you want to talk about <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well even your bounce campaign like i keep thinking like oh my gosh i would sign up to do that right now yeah like yeah. give me a t-shirt filled with bounce and i will go hug strangers i'll be the hand yeah. hugger like, yeah. yeah i would love yeah. to do that right like <laughs> verboten verboten verboten, verboten. Yeah. So uh, Aaron, Aaron knows that I have um, a deep-seated love for uh, Route 1 North, uh, Kowloon. And Ooh. out west, Alex yeah. uh, brought us to a place when we were out visiting. Um, and our other friend, Chris, it's called the Valley High. Did I get it right? Valley High, yes. The Valley High, which is a uh, picture like... I mean, it's open air, right? I feel like everything out there is More or less. It's, it's, uh, it's this Polynesian, like, circular restaurant with windows all the way around, and they have balconies and stuff. And it, 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 it's focused on downtown San Diego and the yes. Bay. So it's, a, it's an exquisite view. If you've never been to San Diego, you're doing it wrong. Get there as soon as it's safe to travel. Um, if yeah. you, and if they are you open. I bet <laughs> they are open. Of course they are. Yeah. So I believe you told me, and I didn't dip in for part two. I believe you told me that their Mai Tais are, a, it's a two Mai Tai limit, right? It's a two Mai Tai limit because there's no fruit juice. It's just liquor and a piece of pineapple, basically. So we're sitting so at the table. Picture, picture all of the radio jackasses sitting at this big, long table. 
Alex and Chris are over the moon that we're all about to go sterile. Like you, if you have a friend who still <laughs> intends to have children, don't let him drink this drink, right? Because you will be sterilized after you finish. And we're. And I've warned my guys. girlfriend about this. I'm like, there is a high probability, thanks and to the that. guys pouring the bottles, and all he has is light rum and dark rum. Yeah. To Alex's point, there's there's no nothing else. Yeah, and they well, chuck, shaved ice. Yeah, yeah they, that's it. They, they chuck a lime and some and, and a cherry in there to knock down the scurvy, I guess, you know. And he marches it over. I took one sip, and I, <laughs> I think everybody who knows me knows I love Mai Tais. This was just jet fuel. Jet yeah. fuel. I think you called it motor oil or yeah, gas. It, oil, it was so. motor oil. So they're <laughs> open and they're serving the general public. That's good. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy well, the Valley you know, High has not been off- knocked down by COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nothing words off disease, like straight alcohol. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's yeah. a great, comes highly recommended for sure. And Very then highly. the other place that you took me, the crack shack. Yes. Which is amazing. It sounds like Aaron's like, please, please finish this sentence. Um, there's a massive, I'm like, chi- what do you get there? There's a massive chicken in the outdoor space. Um, and uh, what I mean, they're really it's it's nuggets and tenders and yeah, just like over the top yeah. presentations on chicken, basically chicken yeah. sandwiches <laughs> yeah. and chicken items. They do um, chicken presentation. Yes. OK, it's uh, amazing. It's a Richard Blaze concept. He started here with it and uh, he's since marched it around the country. There's one that opened in Vegas. Oh. Uh, yeah. So All right. uh, it's getting around. Yeah. Cool. Love it. We have made the Crack Shack famous. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Can you can you give us? So uh, I want you to go deep down the Latino batting order. I want you to give me uh, your your best uh, now batting uh, on the current team, an old team. Uh, I'll give you. Val- you know what? Fernando Valenzuela. I don't know what you want to do, but we got to we got to end it with that. Give us give us your your deep dark baseball announcement. Um, okay, well, I can do well. Our signature player is is uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., and that's probably the one I'm most known for. Oh, because oh, there's a flair. There's a personal a flair. Of, yeah, yeah. It's 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 dramatic. So okay. I, you know, I would okay. say like the shortstop number twenty three, Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> so. It's the it's the pause. People love the pause because they're like, wait for it. Wait, wait. for it. Yeah. yeah. But, so what's really funny and like, I think people assume that when you're in radio, because when you and I were doing broadcast radio, it was you get on and you talk. Now, yes, to your point, your inflection, your intonation has to match the music. Sure. Right? So. We always joke though, like, and I joke here, like, good, good morning, you know, the skies. Hi, everybody, light. Everybody, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> like that whole morning show, predictable, stereotypical yucking. We call it yucking yes. in radio, right? And so, obviously, when you're doing the baseball announcements, you go into that baseball mode. Yeah. I wouldn't call it yucking, but I would call it delivering. As it's flair. It's a. It's a. It's. You know what? A lot of times, I would. I would say like. I want to present like a Vegas fight, like a prize. Yes. Fight. Yes. So ultimately in my mind, you have one guy who's stepping out there to face one opponent, the pitcher. Yeah. This, this doesn't happen in any other team sport where it's yes. a one V one, uh, you know, moment. And it happens, you know, countless times a, a baseball game. So, um, 
So to me, that's like sending a prize fighter to the ring, right? And so that's always how I've tried to do it without, with keeping in mind, I don't want to yuck it up and I don't want to be corny about it. And I think that's why that I don't do it for every player. I think a player kind of has to earn it over time and, and, and not just by the style of play or how well they play, but fan acceptance of them, yeah. fan favorites, uh, these things happen. So, um, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. has been a sensation in baseball. He, you know, yep. he's on SportsCenter a lot. He's yep. going to be one of the future faces of, of not just the Padres, but of this game. MLB, so, sure. so he's, he needs that introduction. Manny Machado needs that introduction. Yeah. You know, so, so that's how I, that's how I think of it when I go to do these presentations. I don't try to be a yucker because believe yeah, no, me, that sure. is that is something we joke about. It's also one of my greatest fears because <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> well, at the same time, too, I wonder how many people end up finally meeting you on the concourse and like, oh, I didn't picture that at all. Oh, like, all the time. Yeah. You know, all the time. And I, that's true for anybody who's behind a microphone. I think they just suspect big voice, big guy. And I'm, you know, yeah, I'm tall, but I'm slender, you know. <laughs> Yeah. he's so. he takes a great steam at the gym yes 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 well you know it it, it i'm a little less slender nowadays but i'm still <laughs> slender nonetheless you put on the covid 19 i yes, don't feel like you put on the covid 19 i don't believe uh, i put on the covid 10 yeah at least it's better yeah. than the, yeah it's better than the it's better than the ballpark food 20 that i used to put on oh. so yeah. Yeah. What is your what, so? Let, we'll we'll wrap with that since we're we're getting we're, we're most most of us on the east coast are heading to dinner. What is uh the soup du jour? Does that rotate for you? Like, are they bringing yeah. you food, or do you not do that? Do you feel like that's? Um, well, it used to be like you know very cafeteria style, and we would sit down with the press people and the media people, and we'd all have this one <laughs> room, and you know we'd eat and throw around it. Hayes and how you doings and yep. what do you think of this guy and all that kind of stuff and obviously verboten yeah uh, now so we order meals in advance and then we just go pick them up and go back to our little places and you know we eat them and hermetically so sealed terrific. yes by ourselves in my little yeah. glass cube in your in your closet you eat your yeah. in your closet yeah the, you know that was one thing too during the course of the season usually i'm in the room with the rest of yeah. the control people people running sound people running video people running replay mm. and this year i was by myself and i'm like well it's kind of cool, but again, I miss the interaction. I like when I when I work in baseball, I want it to be like the floor of the stock market. I want people yeah. yelling out, throwing papers, <laughs> being upset, loving life when we do a walk-off home run. I want yep. all of that energy because that helps to fuel me. And it was like, mm. you know, just me, microphone room. Hello. Yep. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah. Welcome <laughs> to Petco Park. In 2020. Yeah. Awesome. 2020. Yeah. Awesome. But I had, you know what? I had a great time this year. We had an, a, you know, for a shortened season, I got to experience my first major league baseball postseason. I got to send a team to the world series. Mm. Um, and, and I, you know, there were a lot of firsts, even though there, I, we missed a lot of other stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I, I walk away with a great sense of satisfaction that we did our jobs well, and mm. we got to do a bunch of cool stuff anyway. So, yeah. And you got even more exposure because, uh, you know, the, the way they bubbled teams to the to, to Petco Park and you got to do that American League stuff. Yeah, that was great. I, I never thought that I would be a, the a home announcer for the New York Yankees. <laughs> out of all oh, things. boy. 
or the Houston Astros. Yeah, of you, all get, you had to shower with a wired brush after that one. Yeah, and uh, and and I did Mariners and our team and wow. uh, and the Rays. So like I was the I was the home announcer for five different clubs this year. And that's really and cool know. that you sent your 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 childhood team, the Rays. You sent them off to the World Series. Yeah, my dad's team too. Yeah. Like if we always talk Rays baseball. He he has the MLB package and he watches every Rays game and then stays up for every Padres game. So he t- I don't follow the Rays as closely as he does. Obviously, he gets the exposure and he has the time to watch those games when I'm usually like doing prep at that time. Sure. So I don't know. I, I can't really see it. And I'm like, all of it's coming together. Like now I know all the stuff you've been talking about, dad. I get it. Yeah. I'm seeing it. And now we now we're on the same level. So it would be cool. That's very cool. Awesome. That's great. Alex, thank you for joining us. Uh, make you. sure you keep an eye out for MLB The Show. The current version of the game that's out is 2021, yes? It's 20. We'll be 21. 20's uh, out, okay. Because they're always like a yeah, year. Ahead. I feel like they're always so far ahead on the dates. It's not like Madden. We play in the same year. <laughs> now he's picking uh, on Madden. Here we go. Now there's no, a fight between you and the Madden guy. It's in the game. Yeah. <laughs> I own every sports game, dude. You know me. So. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, MLB the show uh, with uh, Sony Sports, and it's out of San Diego, right? What's the production house? Is it Sony uh, San Diego sports? Studios? Sony. San Sony. Diego. If you really want the full name, Sony Interactive Entertainment, San Diego Studios. But just San Very Diego long. Studios, fine. Yeah. yeah. Ask yeah. for Alex. And if you're lucky enough, like my boys are, you get a signed copy, which is really cool. The boys. Yeah. That love Francis, like mind blown. Yeah. You texted me. You're like, if you haven't picked it up, I'll send you a signed copy. I'm like, they would love that. Yes. So yeah. Uh, Very it's, cool. It's really not worth anything, but the $59 a game costs, but yes. it, you know, the intrinsic value is just over the top. You know? <laughs> and when you do get to San Diego and Petco park and you hear the dulcet tones of Alex Miniak, then go to the Bally high and put all the Mai Tais on his tab. It's wide open. No, 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 no. If I want me, I want, yeah. <laughs> you want to be there. Of course. And I'll take oh, yes. yours since you didn't care for it. So terrible. <laughs> terrible. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Yep. All right. Nice meeting you, Aaron. Hey, thank you, Alex. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye.